Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1233 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. There's a real interesting piece uh, in the Atlantic today, written by David Frum on uh, COVID and the uniqueness of Canada and the United States, and that kind of ties into the position we're in with two Canadian hub cities for the return to play for the National Hockey uh, League. And at one time, Canada had basically had twice the amount of, uh, or sorry, uh, the U.S. had twice the amount of caseload and death rate as Canada, and now it's somewhere around 14 times. Uh, So we're not perfect here, uh, but those numbers have played a factor in why Edmonton and Toronto are hub cities. As we go to our Oilers Now headliner today, Brought to you by Touchback Safety. Touchback remains open for training, taking all necessary precautions to ensure the safety of their staff and clients. As we are joined by our headliner today, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for our friends, the River Creek Resort Casino. Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? Hello, Mr. Stoffer. How are you doing, bud? I'm hanging in there. What, are, what about you? You getting, you getting ready to gear up here? Oh yeah, I, I can't wait for I can't wait for games to start. I, I'm looking forward to the uh, I, I'm looking forward to the NBA today. Uh, I'm not the NBA today, MLB today, and the NBA next week too. Like games, Bob. Like it's time to watch games. It is time to watch games, and are, are we going to result in a bit of a paradigm shift taking place because? We haven't had games, so a lot of people focused on a lot of other things, and obviously the virus was the primary focus for everybody, but we had some substantive changes. Hello, Max. Uh, Some substantive changes uh, in terms of, uh, you know, political pressures and perspectives out there, but now we actually get back to playing. I think there's a lot of people happy that we're going to have a chance to see some, uh, some sports again. Oh my God! Tell me about it. I, I like I'm I'm first. Like uh, my wife is sick of me. My kid is sick of me. You hear him out. He's practicing basketball right now, Bob. Um, my 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 wife is sick of me. My son's sick of me. Um, like you know, like I'm looking forward to going into work, and uh, I, I'm really I, I can't wait to see this. I I think it's going to be really exciting. I think there's going to be some really good series. I'm curious to see you know, who's going to be hot, who isn't, um, who adapts quick, who doesn't, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, Elliot, I had heard during the CBA uh, discussions on PA calls that maybe Chicago, Minnesota, Montreal, they had some veteran players that had some uh, concerns about return to play. And did you did you speak to that on your uh, very popular 31 uh, Thoughts podcast this week? Um, well, it was last week, and, you know, what I talked about was initially Jonathan Taves came out of uh, on the first day of uh, Blackhawks camp, and he had some comments that, you know, surprised people. And people were like, that sounds really weird coming from him about how you get COVID and things like that. And, you know, for a guy who's pretty thoughtful, it was it didn't come out the way that I think a lot of people expected. And I had some players uh, reach out to me, and I had heard through the, the, 
entire negotiation that Taze had been one of the people who'd really spoken up and said, are we sure we're doing the right thing here? And a, a number of players defended him to me. They said that, um, you know, that if you talk about do star players speak up on, in defense of everyone else, uh, he did that. Um, they said that they knew he was a real pain in the butt for the NHLPA, but it came from a good place. And so, and I've heard that from multiple places. And so in the podcast, I mentioned that, um, that one of the reasons I think Tave said what he did publicly was because he had some feelings behind the scenes. He didn't want to let out public and he probably just didn't word it because he was being careful. I don't think he worded it the way he could, if he could do it over again. Now, the other thing is, is that I had heard that potentially Chicago had been one of the teams that uh, as a group voted to take some more time. Um, And and so I think people took that to mean that I said that Taves had personally voted against returning to play. If he says he did, I, I believe him. I don't know what he voted. But what I'm saying is that during the process, he had spoken up and said, I have a lot of questions about this, and I want to make sure we're doing the right thing. Yes, I've heard a lot about Montreal. Um, Carey Price actually publicly came out in a Zoom call with Montreal reporters and admitted he was very unsure. Um, I definitely heard Minnesota, and I heard at times Pittsburgh, too. Like, that was a team that had a lot of uh, different opinions about. And, and, you know, to be honest, Bob, I think as things progressed, I think the issues didn't become so much at the end about COVID itself as much as it was, are we rushing to get this too fast before we see if we can make some changes to the CBA? That is something, and at least one particular case, I was told that was true. Yeah, we're joined right now by Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers, and he's our headliner today for touchback safety. Well, it's interesting, right? I mean, you look at Chicago, they've won three Stanley Cups, obviously Jonathan Taze. Uh, he's a Hall of Fame player. He's a great player. Uh, they've had success. They unloaded Robin Lehner, who, by the way, it's his birthday today. And, oh, yeah. I have a, and I have a feeling he's going to get the contract he wants in the next deal if he doesn't want to take a significant haircut to stay and uh, run shotgun with Marc-Andre Fleury. Because I think he's going to – I think he might be a guy that teams would step up and, uh, and make a bet on to go get next year. It's going to be interesting to see how the market goes. There's no question about that. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge question. But they moved – like, they moved Leonard. They moved Eric Gustafson. I know he's not everybody's cup of tea, but the guy had 60 points last year in the back end. Yeah, and so they moved two regulars out of their lineup. You look at a team like Edmonton; they added a couple bodies, albeit one of them, Mike Green, electing not to play. And I'm not even convinced he would have, uh, even if he would have been at 100. I think he would have been pushed hard there by Matt Benning. Uh, but anyhow, uh, you know, one team that's had success, and conversely, another team that's really hungry and their best guy. Like the Oilers haven't had a player in the last five days miss. Like they've had the full complement every day, Elliot. And you do, I think it needs to be, st- and, and well, I guess we got to wait and see when the puck drops. Mm-hmm. But in a perfect world, Elliot, your best guys need to be fully engaged with the process. And I get the sense McDavid and Dreisaitl are fully engaged in the process and chopping at the bit. So that might well, bode well for Edmonton. Well, I think it would bode well. Like, I, I think those guys are both wired to play. And, you know, one of the things we talked about this week on our podcast, Bob, is that, um, 
and actually it's funny we recorded it before um mcdavid's quotes about dry sidle like about the media doesn't always get things right or i don't always like the voting but i i think we all know who's going to be the mvp it's funny because you know i i said to jeff merrick this week that i have a feeling that it's in mcdavid's ears a bit about how the voting went like the vote for the Lindsay, he's not one of the finalists. It's vote for the Hart, he's not one of the finalists. And you and I have talked about how I think that, you know, early in his career, McDavid is not getting some of the awards recognition he deserves. And some people will say, well, he doesn't care about that. It's an individual thing. But, you know, we just saw that great Michael Jordan documentary come out. And the one thing I really believe is that the best always look for the tiniest little bit of extra motivation. What's something that can push you uh, a little bit farther to be a little bit better, that little 1% better? And that comment from McDavid, that said to me that he's a little burned about that. He's a little, you know, he's a little annoyed. And if I was one of the Oilers in the organization or an Oilers fan, I'd be pretty happy that uh, my captain and, and uh, one of our cornerstone players is a little annoyed that he doesn't feel he's getting the respect he deserves. I, I'd be feeling very good about that going into the playoffs. Elliot, the Oilers scrimmaged uh, Saturday and uh, Sunday last week. They didn't screw around on Sunday. They went right to the scrimmage. And then they scrimmaged again Wednesday. And the elevation in the pace from Sunday to Wednesday was quite noticeable. And they had McDavid and Dreisaitl go head-to-head. And I'm telling now, Connor has, you know, Nugent Hopkins and Cassian on his wings. So mm-hmm. Connor's got the next best player on the team on his wing. Uh, the Oilers had Ennis with uh, Yamamoto with, with Drysaddle, and and McDavid absolutely dominated uh, on Wednesday night. Like it was. Let's face it, Bob. McDavid could dominate with you and me on his wings. He might be able to. Yeah. I, I know. I told you the Corey Clouston line about uh, Drysaddle and Dakota Conroy, who's from Edmonton. When he scored, Dakota was a 20-year-old, and he scored 30 on Leon's wing. And I said, hey, this guy's a guy that's, there's going to be a lot of CIS teams going after him, you know. And he, and Corey said, stop, you could get 20 playing on Dry Settle's wing. And I was like, <laughs> you mean you mean the 1990 Bob Stoffer that used to skate with you? And he goes, no, the 240-pound 2014 Bob Stoffer. That's how good <laughs> this guy is. So, uh, but anyhow, he, like, he and to his own admission, Connor has stated that he feels better right now than he did. He, he basically inferred that after the first skate that he's. I mean, think about it. He's had a he's had four months off here. You know, he takes it seriously. You know, he's driven. Yep. And I do believe that there's, you know, Jeff Jackson and that Wasserman group has worked hard in terms of cultivating Connor, and he says and does the right thing. But guys have pride and guys have drive and. He's got it. I don't know if he's, you know, Michael Jordan-esque in every... I mean, I don't know about you watching... When you watched that, did you know all those stories? I mean, I'd heard some stuff about Jordan, but did you know everything about Jordan when you watched that thing, or were you a little taken aback? I'm a big big Jordan guy. I knew some of them, but there were, like, the story about the rookies, uh, his rookie year when he knocked on the door and there was the team party and everything, uh, I'd never heard that one. Yeah. Like some of the stories I'd heard, but like there were a few. I, I love the one about his buddy, the security guard, who beat him in the flip game and stuff like that. Yeah. Like they definitely had things there that 
uh, I'd never heard. And I, I was as big a Jordan fan and in, information seeker as anybody. Yeah, I mean, we were fortunate here in Edmonton to watch Wayne Gretzky. And I, really, that's the only athlete that you can draw a comparable to dominating a sport the way Jordan dominated, right? Is that yep. Is there anybody else that you could really say it was been? A, I mean, in soccer, you'd well, you know, you could. You know. I, I'd, I'd use Usain Bolt. Okay, in track. Yeah, like like to me, I mean Phelps, obviously, but yeah. uh, um, Usain Bolt. Um, team sport. That, like, team sport. Team sport. Yeah, like Jordan and Gretzky. Um, I'll tell you this: I bet you a true Tom Brady thing would be pretty interesting. Oh yeah. Uh, would they call it unmasked? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he definitely would call it that, yes. Yes, after yesterday uh, arriving and being criticized. We're joined by Elliot Freeman. So anyhow, uh, you're with me that it's probably a good thing that the Oilers guys seem that engaged. Hey, this is the NHL show here in Edmonton, isn't it? This is not the Oilers show, the Savannah Dobbs City. This is no, all NHL all the time, isn't it? This is all NHL all the time, and, you know, they made it very clear I think the one thing that kind of changed, Bob, that um, right from the beginning when they talked about hubs, it was about how do we make it so that the home team doesn't have any advantage. And I think the only thing that really changed, Bob, was that the East stayed in the East and the West stayed in the West. Like there was a time that they definitely talked about switching the conferences. And and I think at that point in time, they were really overthinking it, and eventually they agreed. But, you know, there's no question. The Oilers aren't going to be guaranteed the use of their dressing room, just like the Maple Leafs aren't. There's going to be changes when you, times when you have to change in some of the auxiliary rooms. Um, it's going to go a lot by uh, standings and stuff like that. Uh, I know at the beginning people were worried with the home teams have to stay in the bubble, and of course they were going to have to stay in the bubble. But, you know, this is it's like it's a neutral site as much as they could possibly make it. And uh, that's the way that this is going to work. It should be noted the Oilers' visiting dressing room at Rogers Place was voted number one in the league by members of the NHLPA. Uh, I don't know if I would want to win that. I think I, I don't think I'd want my opponents to be too comfortable in my building. Well, that's the vote was the vote, uh, and and there's even been, I mean, it's 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 pretty. Now you're working out of the studio, is that right? Yeah, I'm in the studio. I won't be in the bubble. Because we've seen a lot of pushback to, over the last 24 to 48 hours in terms of uh, uh, specifically, I guess, print uh, access at this time, Elliot. And that comes with the territory, doesn't it? Well, you know, people are frustrated. Um, no question about it. I, I, I think at the, end, at the end of the day, you, you can't let anybody prevent you from doing your job. Yes, it was a swish max. You can't prevent anybody. He gets two points, an extra point for a switch, so he likes it acknowledged. Um, you know, you can't let anybody prevent you from doing your job. Like, whatever the rules are, you have to be aggressive. You have to say, I'm going to do it. And I know there's a lot of people frustrated about this, and I understand it, but we can't let it prevent us from doing our jobs. There you go. Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Let's get to some quick hitters. So, speaking of free agency, what's the, what have you heard on Taylor Hall? What's going on there, Elliot? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, the, the list of 52 has to go in today. Who are the 52 teams that are traveling from uh, the 52 people in your team that are traveling to each of the hubs? Uh-oh. And I am curious to see Uh-oh. if uh, Arizona GM John Chake is going to be in that, on that list. Well, there is something going on there. Um, there is definitely something going on there, Bob. 
Um, I had sent a note there earlier today asking specifically if Chaika was on the list, and I was told he was expected to be. Um, so that tells you probably everything that you need to know, that there's something up there, and we'll see if he's on the list today. Should we explain, um, the, uh, should we explain the to the listeners that he was not in a meeting with Taylor Hall and the owner last week? Um, there, uh, That's true. There was a, the owner, the owner's son, uh, and Javier Gutierrez, who's the new president and CEO, were in a, meeting, a dinner meeting with Taylor Hall, and Chaika was not there. I've since been told that there have been some other agents who've had conversations with Gutierrez. So it's, it's clear that his influence is, is growing, and Chaika seems to be waning. But I think what we're going to try to do here, Bob, is figure out if, and the deadline's at 5 Eastern, which is a little over two hours from now, uh, we'll see. Uh, Alex Petrangelo. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's so tough to say. I mean, um, you know, he's still unsigned. He's a UFA. You know, one of the things I've kind of been working on, Bob, is what's going to be the, 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 the first major contract of the new CBA? What's the one that's going to set the tone in terms of amount and structure? And, you know, I think Petrangelo is going to be a big one. Um, it has not been an easy contract negotiation between him and St. Louis. Um, you know, they, it's, they're gonna, if, they, if they're going to give them, like St. Louis is willing, was willing to go around Ekman Larson, which is eight times 825. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, who knows what the new reality and what the world is now, right? But, you know, he's a great player. And I always, I assume with him, like he's a blue. And I assume until it becomes obvious he's not going to be a blue, that they're going to find a way to work it out. But there's no question that it's been harder than everybody expected. Seattle Kraken, you like it? I, I, I do like it. I was always a big Kraken guy. But you know what I really liked, Bob, was the, uh, was the logo on the jersey. Like somebody made a good point to me yesterday. They said normally when an expansion team names itself, you want to have the multiple press conferences, right? You don't do all three of those things at once. Maybe you do the logo and the name and then eventually the jersey. And um, But the fact that they rolled all three of those things out together yesterday, it worked. Um, you know, I, I heard some really interesting things. Like uh, I heard that one of the things they talked about with the jersey was, you know, they talked about as an organization, when we win the Stanley Cup, and notice they said when, not if, when we win the Stanley Cup, are we going to be proud of seeing our jersey lift the cup? And and they wanted it to be like a strong Kraken, not a wimpy Kraken. And I heard that just some of the some of the debates they had over, like some guys told me that the amount of conversations they had over things like color of the eye, one eye or two, like they said, you wouldn't believe how much that they debated this kind of stuff. And you know what, Bob? To me. It's not, it's not stodgy. It's not boring. It's new. It's different. They really tried something, and I think hockey needs that. We, you know, we had Berkey on yesterday, as you know, and we talked about how 30 years ago, sometimes it was the general managers and the support staff. They wouldn't outsource this to uh, you know, a firm that designs these sort of things. That's how far we've moved away. So i got to tell you, it's a pretty impressive look. I'm not a guy hung up on jerseys that much. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, I will be very intrigued to see who they end up. Final question for you, Elliot. You got any idea who's the front runner for their head coaching job? Uh 
I don't, you know what, it's somebody with experience is what, you know, Ron Francis has been on record as saying they are going to bring in somebody with experience. So for me, that says like three names off the top of my head are Gallant, Laviolette, Babcock, and I should add Boudreau. He said it's going to be somebody with experience. Hmm. Interesting. Great stuff, Elliot. Hey, Swish, who's your, uh, who's your son's favorite basketball player? I don't know if he really has one. Um, I'd have to ask him after this is over. I would like him to say his dad, but it's probably not me. No. Now, have you shaved no. the uh, Have you shaved the beard yet? Nope. Wow. Awesome stuff. All right. Have a great weekend, tune my man. In, tune in next week. I'm working your exhibition game against Calgary. Well, uh, we well we might be working that game too. But uh, hey, we might be watching you in the process. <laughs> okay, bud. <laughs> Take care, bud. Yeah, bye. Yeah, you bet. That is Elliot Freeman from NHL Hockey and Rogers uh, for our friends at the River Creek Resort and Casino. He's our touchback safety Oilers now headliner. I will tell you, Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. They are uh, open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. You tell Brendan, Maggie, Taylor, and the staff at Roos Chris to do a great job that Oilers Now sent you. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. It's 1253 at Edmonton. Oh, the chiseler juicing me all the way from uh, the lovely Vegas Nevada today, sending a text on our Ashley Five Floors text line. Bob, not preventing you from doing your job. Jordan Comparables Tiger with golf, rider, President's Cups. Heard you were a wimpy Jordan-esque player back in your days with the Strathcona Warriors. Is that true? By the way, Bob, did you receive your Kraken jersey? I overnighted you last night. And definitely, uh, my favorite uh, basketball player, says the Chiseler, is... SDSU's Kawhi Leonard. Again, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Pine Flores text line. This email got sent in through my global news account, which if you link on the 630Ched website, you can find. This uh, email comes from Mike. Mike says, Bob, time for a deep dive into the decision to cancel all university athletics at the U of A. People are starting to ask some pointed questions about how the men's hockey program wasn't viable where did the money go did the ad have the authority to make that decision no other team in the canada west has pulled out so why not wait until october drop dead date contact the players uh, who form uh, the senior leadership group uh thanks for the email we're going to be busy with the uh, hub city as much as i i love and care uh, for uh, the golden bears and pandas programs uh it's i'm going to be frank with you i don't see a deep dive coming here but uh, i do appreciate the email that you took time to send again you can text us at any time on the ashley fine floors text line do you want to mention at this time Oh, yes, indeed. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to any business. And Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with an outstanding uh, service experience at the time of purchase. They'll continue that standard after the sale as well. Go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. They'll lend you a hand. You can call them at one 877 or go online at brentridge.com where they're tr- uh, taking care of all the safety precautions in their showroom. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta when we come back in orders now.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.